So you have been waiting for this moment for a long time. So today we begin the exposition of the Four Noble Truths with the permission of the Abbot of Yamadipa Meditation Center here in Tokyo. <clears throat> now the Four Noble Truths were discovered and then penetrated and revealed by the Buddha. Now Buddha had to go through countless lives to accumulate the perfections or paramis just to be able to discover the Four Noble Truths and then teach the Four Noble Truths to all beings. Buddha had so much compassion that he was willing to suffer in the samsara for a very long time. Now it is said in the books that the time he spent in the samsara cannot be measured even by millions of war cycles. Now you all know that in order to become a Buddha, he had to go through how, how long a time? Four incalculables and 100,000 world cycles. Now, even one world cannot be measured in terms of years or in terms of centuries. So, even one world cycle is so long that it cannot be described in terms of years or centuries. The four asankhyas, that means four immeasurables, that means uh, one followed by 140 zeros is called one incalculable. Uh, this, is a, this is the uh, the number we use, like like in in science. So in astronomy, when they want to describe the life of some stars, they they use what what, what do they use? Huh? Light years, right? There's something like that. So so long that it is almost immeasurable. So during those lives, Buddha suffered a lot, accumulating the paramis, so that <clears throat> at the end. He became qualified and he became the Buddha. Actually, he discovered and penetrated the Four Noble Truths and he became the Buddha. And after he became the Buddha, he taught for how many years? <laughs> Buddha taught for 45 years. So, Buddha taught for 45 years and during those 45 years, Buddha taught the, the, the Four Noble Truths again and again. And what the Buddha taught 
including the Four Noble Truths, were collected and recorded just about three months after his Parinibbana. You understand the word Parinibbana? Parinibbana means passing away death. No? So, just three months after his death, disciples of the Buddha who survived him met at a council and collected all his teachings, including the Four Noble Truths, and recorded them by word of mouth. There were no books at those times, so they, they all memorized what the Buddha taught. And these teachings were handed down from generation to generation until about 450 years after the death of the Buddha. So about that year, the teachings of the Buddha were written down on palm leaves, manuscripts. <clears throat> and these were also handed down from generation to generation until today, until this time. And also, our teachers, maybe beginning with the Venerable Mahakasaba, taught or explained these four noble truths to, to their devotees, to their pupils, and these expositions were also handed down from generation to generation until today, and that kind of exposition you find in the book in front of you, <clears throat> in the Visuddhimagga. So, we should be grateful to the Buddha for enduring uh, such suffering for a long, long period of time just to be able to teach the Four Noble Truths uh, to all beings. Because only by the realization of Four Noble Truths can one attain enlightenment. And Buddha's aim is for beings to gain enlightenment so that they could make an end of suffering. They could get out of this samsara full of suffering. So, at the beginning of this uh, talk, or this class, let us pay homage to the Buddha and also to the Dhamma and to the Sangha and to our teachers. So please fold your hands up and repeat after me. Homage to the Blessed One, the Worthy One, the Fully Enlightened One. With gratitude and devotion, we pay homage to the Compassionate and Omniscient One, Omniscient One, who suffered for a long time, immeasurable, even by millions of world cycles, doing the practices that are extremely difficult to do. Please bow down three times. Next. 
Please repeat after me again. Do the Dhamma now. With gratitude and devotion, we pay homage to the Four Noble Truths discovered, penetrated, and revealed by the Compassionate Buddha. Please bow down again. Now to the Sangha. With gratitude and devotion, we pay homage to the Sangha, who brought the teaching of the Four Noble Truths down to the present time. Please bow down. And now to our teachers. With gratitude and devotion, we pay homage to our teachers who gave us this rare chance to understand the Four Noble Truths by their excellent exposition without which we cannot understand the Four Noble Truths properly. Properly. Please bow down. Before we go right into the Four Noble Truths, uh, we should understand when uh, Buddha taught the Four Noble Truths first. Now, I hope you, you know that Buddha appeared over 2,500 years ago and he attained enlightenment as the Buddha on what day? Huh? When did he become the Buddha? On what day? Uh, you have heard about Vesak day? When was that? May, right. Full moon day. On the full moon day of May, uh, the, the ascetic Gautama became the Buddha. So during, on that day, Buddha, or Buddha-to-be uh, went to the body tree, right? He sat down under the body tree about about a sundown, sunset, and then practice meditation. So he practiced meditation and the, the mindfulness of breathing, anapanasati meditation, and he gained first jhana, second jhana, third jhana, and fourth jhana. And then <clears throat> He gained also the immaterial jhanas, first, second, third, and fourth. And then, during the first part of the night, he gained a supernormal knowledge, a great knowledge, by which he could remember 
all his past lives. Huh? He gained a, a, a knowledge huh? by which he could remember, he could recall all his lives in the past. And that happened during the first part of the night. We will divide the night into three parts. So during the first part of the night, he gained as far as the supernormal knowledge. In Pali, it is called Abhinya. So he, he gained that knowledge. So he was able to see his past lives. And then he went on practicing meditation. And during the second part of the night, he gained another supernormal knowledge. By that supernormal knowledge, he was able to see beings dying from one existence and being reborn in another existence. So he, he saw, as it were, on, on a screen, the beings dying and then being reborn. So he saw that one being dies and then he is reborn in hell, another being dies and he is reborn in celestial existence and so on because they did kusala karma or akusala karma in their lives. So he saw the working of the law of karma very clearly, as it were on a screen. Suppose a being dies and he is reborn in hell, and he also, he also knew that because this being did evil deeds, akusala means evil deeds in, in his previous life, and so he was reborn in hell, and then another being died and then reborn in uh, devas or celestial world because he did uh, some good karma in, in the previous life. So he was able to see that good karma uh, produces good results and bad karma produces bad results. So that supernormal knowledge he gained during the second watch of the night. And he went on practicing and during the third watch of the night, he contemplated on the Paticca Samubhara, dependent origination. He take each factor in the dependent origination and practiced vipassana on these factors. Are you familiar with the factors of Paticca Samubhara, like mm, uh, ignorance, man, uh, karma formations, and so on? You are not? Okay. So he took each one of the twelve factors of Paticca Samubhara and practiced vipassana on each of these factors. So he practiced vipassana again and again and again on the on the the factors and the dependent origination, and at dawn he gained enlightenment. That means he 
discovered the four noble truths, he penetrated the four noble truths, and so he became a Buddha. Now, the word Buddha means one who knows and also one who makes other people know. So there are two meanings in the word Buddha. Now we should understand this. Because most people know that Buddha means one who knows. But that is just one, one part of the meaning. So Buddha is the one who knows and who makes other people know. That means who knows the Four Noble Truths and makes other beings know the Four Noble Truths. Nowadays, people may talk about Four Noble Truths or they may teach about Four Noble Truths. That is because Buddha first discovered and then Buddha taught the Four Noble Truths to all beings. That is why they could teach Four Noble Truths following the teachings of the Buddha. Well, Buddha was the person who first discovered the Four Noble Truths and then taught the Four Noble Truths to the world. So, the word Buddha means one who knows Four Noble Truths and also who uh, makes other people know the Four Noble Truths. <clears throat> now, after he became the Buddha, he spent about two months under the body tree and near the body tree. Now, you, you may have been to India. No, no, no not yet. Okay. So, uh, uh, there are places where uh, Buddha gained enlightenment and where he was born and so on. So, Buddha uh, stayed uh, almost two months under and near the body tree. And exactly two months after his enlightenment, on the full moon day of what? Two months after his enlightenment, eh? July, so this month, right? So exactly two months after his enlightenment, on the full moon day of July, Buddha went to Banaras, Baranasi. It's a long way, but Buddha went there and preached his first sermon to his five disciples. So at that time, his disciples, uh, previous to that day, or maybe about one or two months, I I, I'm not sure how, how long, these disciples were disillusioned with the Bodhisattva's practice. And so they left the Bodhisattva and went to another place. So after uh, the Buddha became the Buddha, he, he thought of teaching. So he, he thought of teaching his first disciples. So at that time they were uh, a, a distance away from the Buddha Gaya, where Buddha uh, gained enlightenment. So Buddha went to them uh, to uh, Baranasi or a, a place uh, called Isipatana. 
So they were there, and Buddha went to them and taught his first sermon. Now his first sermon is called what? <laughs> yeah. Turning the wheel of the Dhamma, right? Dhamma Chakka Pawatana Sutta. So that means turning the wheel of the Dhamma. <clears throat> In that discourse, the first discourse he ever gave to the world, Buddha mentioned the Four Noble Truths. So now we understand how important the Four Noble Truths are. The first, the first sermon is a very important sermon because in it he, he disclosed his own discovery and also his, his main and central teaching. So in that sutta, in that discourse, the Buddha explained to them the Four Noble Truths. And later, during 45 years, Buddha taught the Four Noble Truths again and again. Now, it, it is a little strange to say that there are four truths. Now, people always say there is only one truth and different teachers explain it in different ways. That is what people used to say. But in Buddhism, there is not just one truth. And Buddha taught that there are, there are four truths. So according to the, to the Buddha or the teachings of the Buddha, truth means something that is true. That is not untrue, that is not otherwise than is stated. So according to this definition, truth can be anything, whether it is good or it is bad. Anything that is true is truth. Now fire. Fire has the burning power, right? So when we say fire is burning or fire is hot, we are stating a truth. Because it is true that fire is hot and it burns. That is, that is why in, in, in Buddhism, truth may be either good or bad. Now, among the four noble truths, the second noble truth is craving. Craving, attachment, greed. So craving is an unwholesome mental state, a bad mental state. But that bad mental state which is called Tanha in Pali, is called a noble truth. Because Tanha is the real thing that produces Dukkha, that produces suffering. So something that produces suffering is called uh, the, the origin of suffering. So since it is the origin of suffering, since it is the cause of suffering, it is called one truth. Because it is true, it is correct, that it produces suffering. Since it produces suffering and it is a fact, the craving is called a truth. 
not only a truth here, it's called a noble truth, noble truth of the cause of suffering. That is because the, the, uh, it is discovered by the, the noble person who was the Buddha. So, anything that is true is called truth in Buddhism, and according to uh, the Buddha, there are four truths. And they are not called, not only called four truths, but they are called four noble truths. That means they, they were discovered by the noble one, the, the, the noblest of the noble, the best of the noble persons that is discovered by the Buddha. Since they were discovered by the Buddha who was the noblest of the nobles, the, these truths are called noble truths. So there are, according to this, four noble truths. Okay, now, what are the four noble truths? Huh? <laughs> the four noble truths. Huh? The noble truth of suffering. Huh? Okay, number one, the noble truth of suffering. And number two, the noble truth of the origin of suffering. And number three, yeah, the, the noble truth of the cessation of suffering. And number four, the noble truth of the way leading to the cessation of suffering. Huh? Now, you may go to... Wait. First, you have to find out the chapter. Huh? 16. Then you can go to paragraph number 13. There you find the Four Noble Truths. So the first one, Noble Truth of Suffering. The second one, the Noble Truth of the Origin of Suffering. And the third one, the Noble Truth of the Cessation of Suffering. And number four, right, the Noble Truth of the Way uh, Leading to or Reaching the cessation of suffering. So these are the four noble truths taught by the Buddha in that first sermon. Sama.